0: Welcome to Compass Threads Presents Wolves.
1: I'm Lynn. And I'm Robin. And we want to do... And we want... Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. But...
0: That was so rude. Was trying again.
1: <laughs> no, I fucked it up too.
0: Welcome to Compass Threads Presents... Wow, I can't read. <laughs> Welcome to Compass Threads Presents
1: Wolves. I'm Lynn. And I'm Robin. And we want to welcome you to episode four, Canis lupus, a present.
0: In this episode, we'll discuss what wolves are, a little bit about how they function together, and their current standing with the endangered species list. So we're going to talk about gray wolves specifically most, for most of this episode. So they come in all colors. They're gray, black, beige, white. They can all be those colors and come from the same litter, even. Um, they're still classified as gray wolves. It's differing arguments. They weigh between 80 and 120 pounds. Because sometimes people, like, imagine that wolves are these, like, humongous things. They're not that big. That's like a normal dog size. One site claimed that male wolves weigh 70 to 80 pounds. The Wolf Almanac claims that they weigh 60 to 100 pounds. All we know is that adult male wolves are typically 15 to 20 percent larger than female
1: wolves. Hmm. Um, Which is interesting because are you going to talk about how, the, like I don't really get why because if the females do the same kind of work and well, I don't know what don't requires know. males to be bigger. yeah
0: I don't know. I actually don't know. Hmm. They reach like 30 to 32 inches at the shoulder and the wolf almanac claims that they are more around like 26 to 38. So it's like a range too. It's not just like yeah. they're this big, like some are really big right. and some are really smaller.
1: Which makes sense because there's always going to be like a window more than just like a set number. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, a note about subspecies really quick uh, is gray wolves can differ in size. For instance, Northern Range gray wolves are typically bigger than the high Arctic wolves. So like if they live in like Canada, they're going to be bigger than the ones that live above the Arctic Circle And the largest wolves are typically found in boreal forests, which is just a regular forest. (laughs) Yeah. So male versus female. Females have a more narrow muzzle and forehead. They have a thinner neck, slightly shorter legs, and smaller shoulders than males, which makes males look smaller, like, by their waist. Because they have, like, like, hunchier. Yeah, like, they have hunchier shoulders, so their waist looks smaller. Mm. Wolves' coats can differ between some subspecies. Like red wolves are typically more red, but most gray wolves have a two-layer coat. Oh, oh I wait, was meaning missed... red wolves live in warmer climates, so their coat isn't that layered. It's a lot lighter.
1: If that makes sense, I was going to say their their fur must change depending on where they are. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd overheat. Yeah. But you skipped the part about um females running faster than. Oh, you. I did skip that. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: To me. So young females.
1: Wolves will run faster than male well, wolves. Well, maybe that's why they need to be smaller, because they can run faster.
0: Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. They're lighter, more mm-hmm. agile. hmm The superior beings, if I say so nice.
1: Better. So. Yeah, I was just going to say better.
0: <laughs> I love other dogs. The dogs. So, gray wolves are the ones with the two-layer coat. They, depending on where they live, obviously. But I think they all do. I don't know. They're... The suit, the under fur is like super soft and dense. I kind of imagine it like a chinchilla underneath I don't know their what that fur, would feel like. like super, like down fur. It's like, re- yeah,
1: mm.
0: or like a, like a bunny, <laughs> but thicker, <laughs> like a really thick bunny. I don't know. Mm. Um, that's what I just imagine. I don't know if that's what it. I'm sure it's thicker than that. Um, it's underneath the long guard hairs, which is that second the fur we see, and that Mm -hmm. one's good at shedding moisture so it keeps the under fur dry. Right. And if a wolf curls up and hides their muzzle, because this doesn't have, you know, like their nose doesn't have fur, so if they curl up, hide their muzzle in between their rear legs and, like, cover their face with their poofy tail, they -hmm. can turn their backs to the wind and sleep out in the open without snuggling in 40 degrees
1: below zero. And not so be that explains how all like the huskies, like because I watched this incredible movie that was based on a true story about um, the 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 um, huskies that he had to like gut wrenchingly leave behind because he thought he was going to be able to come right back for them. You, I think you recommended it to me. It was below zero, I think, and uh, they zero. survived out there for six months. Um, yeah. only they only lost one um, that died pretty quickly right away just because he was old, but. Um, yeah. They all survived, and they showed a lot of scenes where, like, they're just in the open Arctic weather, and, like, they can survive. And that that's why, yeah. because, like, that's insane. And they like, they that's have the so undercoat, cold. too. Yeah.
0: And you're, yeah, not supposed yeah. To, and you're not supposed to give them haircuts, which makes me, living in Los Angeles, it makes me very mad when I see people with huskies, because I'm like, there must be hot.
1: Yeah, and plus they exactly like my mom would say, like, it's cruel to have like a husky inside an apartment, like in a city or something. Oh, and they have
0: so much energy. (laughs) No thanks. Yeah,
1: they have energy and they've got the fur, to they need to be outside. Like, my mom bred huskies growing up and they always slept outside. Yeah,
0: they they want to.
1: they want to Do you to. ever see yeah.
0: do you ever see TikToks of people with like a husky and it's like out in the snow and they're like people always complain in the comments, like, bring your dog in and they're like, Let me show you and they try to bring their dog in and their dog is like, uh no, this is it's snow. This is where I belong. Like this
1: is yeah, my Yeah, and it's too hot in here. Yeah. yeah they're much more comfortable. I don't
0: That's know, I get crazy really mad though. when people live in hot climates and like have
1: Yeah, with husky Yeah, because it's just not it's not they physically okay for them. Hot. Yeah. But 40 degrees below zero. I mean, like, I'm trying to get, it, like, a handle on how cold that is because, like, I remember... I've never felt that cold. I've felt pretty cold, exactly. but not that cold. Well, it, one year, the I mean, if I can go off on this mini tangent, um, I was Ubering, and it was that year that it was 21 below zero, no,
0: and it was, you. like,
1: dangerous cold, and so I literally felt like I was saving lives that night because I was, like, going around picking people up, and, like, it's not safe to be right. outside... And so that's 21, just, just 21 below zero and two years ago, whenever it was. And, um, so this is double that. So like, I'm trying to imagine a human, you couldn't last in that weather for more than a few seconds. Well,
0: you can, you can, because people live above the Arctic circle, crazy people that live 500 miles from their neighbors and whatever, but they have the proper clothing to live in that. Right. But what about your face? Like you can't hide your face between your I mean, legs. I I feel like when you see, I feel like when you watch scientists that go up to the North Pole and the South, you know, the poles and stuff. Like I feel like they wear like a thing and like goggles, so their face okay. is still like covered. I feel like that's. But
1: so, just regardless, though, it's ridiculously cold, ridiculously and the fact that they're they're able to comfortably—they don't even
0: have like, to snuggle. They don't even have to like no, buddle, right. bundle up Self-contained, together. Self-contained,
1: yeah. That's so mm-hmm. weird.
0: Um, their fur also won't collect ice because their warm breath like condenses against it and like keeps it off of them. Right. I don't know. That's what I just wrote oh, what wow. I read. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: hmm. There's also, like I was saying, red wolves are a little bit different. So red wolves, uh, just an example, they have pointed ears, which are efficient for dissipating body heat. They live in the southern part of America, so they need it's hot mm-hmm. down there. And tundra wolves have shorter, round ears, which aren't as sensitive to the cold. Yeah, because dogs can't sweat, right? No, they pant. Right.
1: Wolves pant, too. Mm Yeah.
0: Bite force, really quick, just because I've always find bite force stuff really interesting, is wolves have a resting, it's like the poundage of strength they have in their bite. Oh. So, wolves have a resting bite force of around 400 pounds square inch
1: just resting
0: just like if they bit on yeah if they're just like eating something that's already dead or whatever and they
1: just bite it okay. to
0: like rip it that's yeah um but if their lives were in danger or if they're threatened it's believed that their bite force would be closer to 1200 or 1500 pounds per square inch how do
1: you even get a handle on that like what is a, a humans you know like you need something probably to compare to. probably absolutely abysmal
0: <laughs> i'm gonna compare it. i have comparisons um It has been written that a wolf's bite can snap a tail off of a bison with the precision of a scythe on mature hay, which is such a weird phrase. (laughs) But just like, so like if you have old hay or mature hay, so it's dry and you take a scythe, the thing the Grim Reaper has. Oh, yeah. And and like do this. It's It's like a, it's almost like a surgeon. That's how wolves can bite off like a tail of a, of a bison. Oh. Or whatever. So like. I guess in Yellowstone, a lot of bison are, like, missing tails because of the... Tails. Tail. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just for comparison, a coyote's bite force is only 88 pounds per square inch. Oh, my
1: God. So, that's even less than... And that's when... Is that resting for a coyote? I or, don't know. We don't know? I don't know. Yeah, because that's, that's way less than even a wolf with a resting, yeah. resting um, jaw. The
0: strongest domesticated dog bite is the Turkish Kangal, which is, like, a giant... It looks like a mastiff. It's, like, a giant dog. Mm. Theirs is 743, I'm just going to say PSI because it's easier, PSI. Rottweilers, so Rotties, theirs is at 328 PSI.
1: Now and, they can, pitbulls, and they
0: can yeah. hurt you. I don't know what yeah. people say. Well, I went for the biggest dog, and then I was like, what's a dog that more people know? Because I don't really know about Turkish Kangles. Because so like, Rottweilers are
1: known for, like, if they lock on, they lock like, though. you're screwed.
0: Rottweilers do that, too. They lock. Mm-hmm. And we'll stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna stray from the Canid family for a second. We're gonna talk about hyenas. Theirs is eleven hundred pounds, which is pretty big. Jaguars,
1: That's, yeah,
0: jaguars. Those chunky boys. They have chunky, chunky boys.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: have the strongest mm-hmm. bite of a cat um, at fifteen hundred pounds per square inch, which is two times more than a tiger, which is wow. the biggest cat. Ooh. Also, jaguars like. You don't see them; they see you. So if they see you, bye. Yep. Peace. You're Have done. Bye, bye, life. I saw one <laughs> in the wild. I saw one in the wild once. Really? No one believed this. Well, we thought it was a puma. It was like in Costa Rica. Where? It was in Costa Rica. Oh, okay. We were in the jungle, like on a walk behind our like hotel, and there was a cat. But it was like up on a hill. It wasn't like super close, but it was pretty close. And only Mm. like me and my friend's dad saw it and it was small. So I think it was young and it was black and it hissed at us and then just walked away or whatever. And we were like, it was this. And we were showing them pictures because no one spoke English and we didn't speak Spanish. We were like showing them pictures. We were like, it was this one, this one. And they were like a puma, but it's not a puma because a puma is a cougar or like a mountain lion. It's all the same cat Mm. because it was black. And I was like, I think we saw like a baby jaguar, which means mama was somewhere. And I don't like that at all. <laughs>
1: uh, mama's scary. always,
0: mama's always somewhere. But we lived, no one got attacked. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: That's But I incredible. saw one.
0: I saw, I saw a kitty. I've never seen a whale, but I've seen, seen a
1: jaguar. When were you in Costa Rica? I was like nine or ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a pretty crazy experience. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Um,
0: lastly, polar bears. My favorite bear. theirs is 1,200 pounds per square inch, and they have the strongest oh, wow. bear bite. I do
1: want to know. Yeah,
0: they rank high. They're high. Yeah, I mean, like I yeah. think the strongest bite force in like the animal kingdom is like crocodiles. Um, oh, and yeah, then I think oh, yeah. hippo. <laughs> I think hippos are like a close second. Or rhinos, um, yeah. Rhinos not bite force though. They're like force but not it's hippos because hippos are oh, okay. one of the most territorial like most they kill more people yeah they're than, aggressive like, any other, yeah yeah but they're so cute when you just see their nose and their ears and they're like doing this <laughs> they're just so weird anyway
1: yeah they are weird they're like aliens
0: i like hippos <laughs> not if one was chasing me that would be horrifying um
1: all these animals
0: obviously also have different advantages, like we were saying. Jaguars have, like, density and power, and polar bears have large claws, and wolves have stamina, and it's not just one wolf attacking you. It's five
1: right, or whatever. Right, Um Different strength.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about their senses a little bit. Wolves rely heavily on their sense of smell, like most dogs. It's believed their noses are 100 times more sensitive than humans.
1: Mm.
0: I can't smell shit, so good for them. <laughs> The secondary sense they rely on is hearing. They can hear up to six miles away across clear tundra.
1: Wow. Just pretty far. That's So cute. like
0: howls, they could be like miles away and still calling so, to each other.
1: So they can hear things from like a quarter of the way across the country? Like how, how far across is our country?
0: It's more than... It's like
1: 3,000 s- miles, isn't it? No, six miles? No, no. But you said... Didn't you say 100? Um, no. A secondary, they can hear up to six. Oh, I thought you said 600.
0: <laughs> I was like, what is your math right now? Six <laughs> miles is like for me to like, not even my job. Like, it's. <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. Can you nope, get the phone? It's on okay.
0: No, it's
1: okay. No. Okay, good.
0: Oh, yes, again. can. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you have a house phone? What decade is this?
1: <laughs> okay. I think it's done.
0: Um, lastly is eyesight. Their eyesight is weaker than all of their other senses. It's believed to be about equal to ours. However, their peripheral vision is more impressive because they can see movement, which is a trait that they find in nocturnal hunters, which wolves can be nocturnal hunters. So they have, um, definitely better night vision than we do. Like most, Mm. I feel like cats and they all, Franz would be like, leave the light on for Domino. I'm like, he can see in the dark. Like, yeah he's fine (laughs) he's got better eyesight than both of us like combined (laughs) yep age i since i keep mentioning humans we are wolves one true enemy they don't really have any predators that like Mm. you know how like wolves prey on deer like it's not like that they don't really have like any natural predators except for us we're going to, again, like I said in the last episode, we're going to get way more into, like, our relationship with wolves. It's going to be probably more than one episode talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than by man, wolves do die by injury, disease, and from other wolves. Occasionally, they'll be a victim to, like, bears or coyotes, but it's not a typical – they're not, like, hunted by them.
1: Yeah, it just happens every now and then.
0: Bears confuse me because they're ginormous, and they eat, like – salmon and like berries and i just and like roots (laughs) i just don't understand how they like pack on not not polar bears but like grizzly bears and stuff they eat a lot of salmon but like they eat like berries and roots and stuff like they're not it's really weird and then they pack on all that weight then they hibernate it's really bizarre they astound
1: (laughs) so it just goes to show you can be you can be a vegetarian and still build muscle a pescatarian Yeah. yeah A pescatarian, yeah, oh, that's basically what I am.
0: Yeah, so I don't. So you could get as fat as a bear if you want to. (laughs) Somehow, I think you got to eat a lot. You got to munch on a lot of roots, like a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It is generally believed that wolves only live to be about five years old in the wild. In captivity, yeah, in captivity they can typically live thirteen to fourteen years. Um, Why do you think that is? I think disease, a lot of them have heartworm. A lot. It's yeah. less like rabies and mange. They don't have that too much, but it's like parasites they have. And also think of like the tick epidemic that's happening mm-hmm. in like the Northeast. I bet that plays a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starvation. Yeah. Um, even in Yellowstone National Park, the average lifespan of the wolves there is three and a half years. But, again, we're going to talk about humans and wolves later. And how we've affected them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Yellowstone. Yellowstone might get its whole episode. I don't know yet. Coyotes. Really fast. Wolves versus coyotes, since you asked. Hmm. Coyotes are only in North America. They're not all over the world. Um, jackals hmm. are like the European version of coyotes. Wolves, hmm. like we said, cover all the northern continents, some of the southern um, habitat is a very big factor in differentiating wolves and coyotes. Wolves also take larger prey than coyotes and will even make coyotes the prey. Coyotes can sometimes choose to like gang up on a wolf and kill it. Usually they're like old, sick or injured. Um, but they are first and foremost, like I said, scavengers. Scavengers. While wolves are hunters. Another big distinction between wolves and coyotes is that coyotes will eat around bones and wolves will eat through them.
1: Just eat the whole thing. They're just
0: like, give me all the marrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, coyotes serious. are more deft and quick than the like wolves are really agile, but coyotes are even more agile. So Wiley Coyote is just an insult, <laughs> really, <laughs> to coyotes. <laughs> he is. Oh, Wiley. He just wants to <laughs> eat the bird. <laughs> Did you ever end up so getting hard? that bird? No. <laughs> just like sylvester never gets tweety just never tom never gets jerry
1: it's the way it always is it's a lifelong chase
0: uh with anvils and painted walls <laughs> <laughs> with anvils <laughs> um behavior before i get too far into behavior i was watching this documentary on disney plus called the kingdom of the white wolf it's a nat geo doc um it's like a limited series they had like three episodes The photographer filming the wolves up in Ellesmere Island, which is, oh, I think they're ruled by the UK, um, but it's in the Arctic and it's all tundra. There are no trees anywhere. It's like, I mean, there are forests there, but that's not where he was. It was like just rock and like dirt. Um, Hmm. He explained that in Ellesmere, the wolves were perfect specimens because they have little to zero contact with humans. So there's no fear of humans. Hmm. Because wolves are very, very shy. They want nothing to do with really? us.
1: Yeah. They oh. so don't want to be the, around us. The way that we portray them as aggressive and go after us, they're, they'd rather be left alone. That yeah. Makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
0: but because these wolves don't have that fear instilled in them from hunters and stuff, they're, they're less shy. So they act a little more naturally when he's there, just camped out. Because he keeps his distance and he just camps out and yeah. has his camera. Yeah. So they're a little more natural because the ones in captivity act so differently from the ones not in captivity.
1: Yeah,
0: right. I bet. Of course. Right. Like the ones in uh, Yellowstone, they're constantly seeing people. So they're going to act so differently compared to these other guys. It's like the observer changes the experiment kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, and you can't, you can't observe something without disturbing it. Right. That's exactly. like a thing about science. Once you start observing it, it's going to change. So. It changes it. Yeah. Um, the Arctic wolves living in Ellesmere have been uninterrupted on the island for the past 10,000 years, and there are no more than 200 wolves on the whole island.
1: And it stays at that population? I mean, I'm sure it fluctuates a little bit, but it's around wow. there. Yeah. It's like self-contained. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, pack
0: structure. So firstly, like I said, let's nip this whole alpha thing mm. in the bud. Let's get rid of it. It's incorrect. A pack is a family, and the family's livelihood depends on the pack's success as a whole. Wolves are very rarely not a random set of wolves that, like, found each other and just decided, like, hey, let's be friends. Um, mm. At the same time, I, th- I want you to think of packs like snowflakes. They're all different. Every single one is different. So, they don't, yeah, so they don't always follow this structure. They can always be different. The alpha theory came from captive packs for with non-related wolves. So when you shove a bunch mm. of wolves, there's gonna be one that's right. like,
1: "I'm the leader. You're all a bunch of sons of bitches." And yeah, whatever. Like because they're coming, it would make sense in the wild. Like if they're coming from different packs, they're gonna stick up for their pack and, and right. like be the representative alpha, quote unquote. Right. But in a regular pack, yeah.
0: And they're not realistic in the wild. Usually, a pack is one family. Um, the man who- so like
1: all related by blood.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, the man who coined the term originally, I think his name is David Meach. He's been fighting the alpha theory ever since he found out he was wrong. (laughs) Like he's like, I was wrong. Stop saying this. It's not real. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) sounds like other things that have happened in history Yeah. (laughs) that I won't bring up right now, but yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, alpha animals don't always lead the hunt or eat first or break through the trail first. Sometimes their role as alpha is only in certain situations or at certain times, and then other times they're just, like, part of the group. Wow. Oh. Pack size is determined by availability of space, other packs, and the abundance of prey, along with, like, unique wolf personalities. That's, like, what, what that determines. Mean? So, like, oh, okay. how big, how many is in their pack, that's, like, determined by, like, how much room they have, how many packs are in the area. So if they
1: don't have enough room and they already have cubs, do they kill one of them?
0: Well, we're gonna well, we're gonna get there, Because okay. um, it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting, but we'll get there. So mm. some packs break up in the winter or summer on like a temporary basis. Sometimes it's permanent. Um, some are only packs in during certain seasons, like when usually it's winter when life is a little bit harder. Mm. And others maintain their pack for generations. Generations wow. on generations.
1: So just yeah, each time they yeah
0: yeah. Um, so, like, when the leaders die out, the next, you know, their oldest children will take over yeah. and whatever. Ah. Oh. So, the alpha pair is a monogamous mother and father, usually. They will have several seasons of pups to grow their pack. The older siblings sometimes remain in the pack. Sometimes some of them wander um, and go find and start their own and whatever. And, um, but the ones that remain might continue, like, new
1: generations of... Wolves. Yeah, because the only thing is you, they can't continue the generation if it's just the same bloodline because they would be interbred, right? Right. And we're going to talk about that too. And, okay.
0: Yep. I, I, got, I covered all the bases. So there are some packs where the male wolf will just mate with as many females as he can. A whore, if you will. Although <laughs> I do want to note that wolves actively avoid mating with blood relatives.
1: Wow. They actively, actively. avoid incest. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, which humans, not all humans do
1: that. So (laughs) they're smarter than us. Yeah. Nobility.
0: Look at King Tut. What a mess. All right. (laughs) Some female wolves may lead the pack, but no matter if they're the leader or not, they strongly influence the pack. So even if the alpha male is the one that's like running the show, the female, the lead female will still influence the pack a lot. Um, okay. um, Barry Lopez in the book of Wolves and Men he mentions this is word for word out of his book we often think of animals like the wolf who appear to have so many points in common with us in human so- social terms with respect to females who have a largely who have largely a subordinate standing in western human societies the analogy i think is poor female wolves may not only lead packs but outlast a succession of male alpha animals he also huh. states The male hunter, this is like super interesting, the male hunter slash male leader image of the wolf pack is misleading, but unconsciously, I'm sure it is perpetuated by males who dominate this field
1: of study. Mm Mm-hmm. So the scientists doing the research basically skewed it that way. Right. To line up with the way that we do things. Just
0: like how I was saying how we run, the world is run on men's. Hormone cycles and working out is based on men's bodies, and everything is based on right. Exactly. men. Yep. Female wolves do decide where to create their dens, which influences the entire pack's location. They are also better hunters due to them being faster.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so well, yeah. like most animals, think about lions. Male lions usually just lay mm-hmm. around, and like the women <laughs> do yep. all the work. Um, yep. I relate to both. I can also (laughs) sleep all day in the sun. (laughs) Uh, Age, personality, and personality
1: all play role in pack (laughs) structure.
0: Oh, tired Lynn is So
1: age and what was it? Personality. (laughs) Personality.
0: (laughs) Sorry, it was personality and personality. What about personality? Is there personality? So, lone wolves don't truly exist. Hmm. Really? So, let's first note that packs only truly exist in temperate zones. So, not the Arctic, but like here. Well, not here. I don't. Well, yeah, because there were wolves here, but like North America, like Canada and Alaska and stuff. They only true, truly exist by season. So, they're not all the time. A lone wolf is typically one that is part of a pack that it's wandered from or in there in search of a new pack. They can even wander a few hundred miles outside of known wolf ranges while looking for new territories. Some choose to wander off of the pack alone or are young wolves that have aged out of their pack and have to go find a new one or make their own.
1: Yeah, because all the males have to find a different female or vice versa. Right. Have to find males outside their pack.
0: Right. Some wolves just choose to wander off by themselves or some will go with a buddy.
1: Buddy so I would wonder if like do they wander off, find their mate, and bring their pups back to their original pack, or do they just start a new pack? I think they just start a new one. Okay.
0: Um in the summertime it's very common for wolves to disperse more often since they're more relaxed than they are in the winter when life is much harder. Hmm. Like hunting and stuff. Especially if they live in the Arctic. Well the Arctic's tough. So they because stick together it's tough when it's tough colder, anywhere, you're saying? Yeah, because it's harder. There's like prey is like harder to find. Like food is more mm-hmm. scarce. It's like a harder life, so they work together. Then where mm-hmm. like summer, like everything's abundant, or spring, all the deer have babies, so they can easily pick yes. off babies. You know, so so they can chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, taking on a baby bison is easier than taking on a full grown adult. So
1: mm.
0: pack ranks. So this is like the typical structure. Like I said, think of it like a snowflake. Every, mm-hmm. every pack is different. Um, this is particularly true where wolves are surrounded by humans, which is where, you know, they alter their behavior. So this is like packs in Yellowstone are pretty much structured like this. So it's usually when they're hunting. That's like when pack ranks really come into play. You have the mm-hmm. young, which are the pups. They're inexperienced. They're too small and will typically just watch to, like, learn. Um, you have the middle aged wolves or the yearlings, as I call them, they have the most experience with the most physical prowess. So they hold... Like teenagers? Yeah. They hold, they're usually like a year or two years old, maybe three. Um, they hold a lot of knowledge and they're at the peak of their physical strength and abilities. These facts make these younger adult wolves leaders of the hunt. They also help teach their younger siblings how to hunt. And then you have Mm. the elders who run the pack. They have the most experience, but they might be past their, like, physical prime. So it's typical for them to run in towards the end of a kill when the risks are lower. (laughs) They're just like, thanks for all the work. Now I'm going to kill it, and I'm going to say who eats first. It's the baby.
1: So they... they somehow direct these groups even though right. they're not like they're in charge of them somehow like they're like administrators even though they're not workers right
0: like, they might find the prey and then have the younger ones like go in and do the heavy lifting and then they'll go okay. in
1: for the final <laughs> wow whatever. that's so evolved That's yeah. so like intelligent like yeah. and, and you wonder how they do that like I would love to see like you Center. know watch a documentary on how they do that because it's like they don't talk so they right. telepathically communicate or something yeah yeah
0: I can give you all the documentaries I watched. I watched like 10. Um, the next generation, so we're going to talk about the babies, the little baby. They're mm-hmm. so cute. Breeding typically mm-hmm. happens in February, March-ish, so like around now. Usually every year, although this is the interesting thing that I was like, we're going to talk about it. Wolves are strategic. Depending on food sources, it's believed that this is their endocrine system that does this, which is, that's your hormones, isn't it? Your, like, hormonal
1: Yes, your endocrine yep. system.
0: Their endocrine system will dictate how many puppies they have, even mm-hmm. in response to young pups in other packs in the area. So, like, if there's not a lot, but they notice there's another pack that say they have four cubs, not cubs, pups, they'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll only have two.
1: <laughs> really? Like their so body will, have will have less babies it. if there's already other, like bec- probably because of um,
0: prey, like abundance of, of
1: food. Right. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Their bodies know.
0: Yeah. They wow. will that's even choose to not breed at all, usually during times of famine, so that they can increase the chances of their pack's survival. Wow. That's wow. fascinating. Yeah. They're me. so
1: evolved. Like, yeah. that's all I can keep thinking.
0: Yeah. They're like, nope, there's not enough food to go around, so we're not going to create any more hungry mouths. Yeah. They just,
1: like, sense it, and then their bodies, like, adjust Next year. to that. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Their gestation period is about 63 days. <laughs> wow really short
1: really short really short
0: Um, that's for all wolves yeah wow so usually they'll have puppies in like april or may
1: that's such a short amount of
0: time um these times do move later in the spring as you observe wolves living more to the north so as you get colder i'm sure it's because Mm. spring starts later it's still cold up there um Mm. The pups are typically born in a den that is excavated to keep them guarded from the wind because they have difficulty regulating their body temperatures in the first few days. And they require, so they require to be like completely guarded from weather. And they're born deaf and blind, like most mammals, I think. They can hear after a few days and they open their eyes after 11 to 15 days. They're weaned at five weeks old. But by then they can, like, be seen playing at, like, the entrance of the den. They won't leave it, but they'll be seen, like, playing. Hmm. And at this point, the older wolves will start mama birding the pups. So like feeding
1: them eaten food?
0: Yeah. So the cubs will, like, when the adults come back, they'll, like, lick and nip around their mouths or whatever. And then they'll, like, hmm. regurgitate half-digested food. And that's what the puppies eat. So maybe that's why your dog hmm. eats vomit. I don't know. Eats its own vomit? <laughs> I, don't, I have no explanation for that. Cats don't do that. My cat doesn't. And mm, he vomits mm. all the time. Yeah. No. Yay. I love having never seen a cat eat its own vomit. I'm always like, I love cats. I love cats. Please stop puking everywhere all the time. Pups have floppy ears until they're about four weeks old. Like a lot of puppies with the I picture German mm. shepherds with their floppy ears. Um Oh, wolf wolf pups have floppy ears. Yeah. Until they're like oh, four weeks so old cute. and then they start to <laughs> stand up. Aww. Um, they also let loose their first howls around four weeks old. Oh. <laughs> they have a system of hierarchy.
1: Why do they howl, by the way? I
0: kind of talk about it. It's not okay. fully known. They howl for a lot of different reasons. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, like it could be celebratory. They could be looking for somebody. They could be. It's
1: like a mating call. Just saying
0: hi. Yeah. Sometimes they're yeah. just excited. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Pups do have a system of hierarchy. That's obvious, like when they're playing, but it will change several times. It's not like a set. Not one pup yeah. is like, "I'm the leader. Mm. You're all stupid. Do what I say." But it's like, like a practice. It's, it's like yeah. Practice for, yeah, yeah. It's like it evolves. Um, pups will be moved to different rendezvous spots during hunts by their parents, and they will wait there while their adults hunt, and then they'll all come back and like get them. Oh. Once they reach a year old, they're considered fully grown. Some may disperse to spend time alone or potentially join a different pack, while some will follow their own pack at a distance. Others stay with the pack for a second year. Hmm. And sometimes one will like take, you know, if the matriarch dies, one will take over and
1: whatever. So it's like they graduate and go to college or don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. That's cool.
0: We're going to talk about pup mortality, so it's Saddish. Most pups don't make it to adolescence. Mortality is really? close to 60% in pups. Um, they require three times more protein per pound than their parents, which isn't good when wow. food is scarce. Right. They also may wound each other while playing, in which case the parent may kill and eat the severely wounded <gasps> one. They oh can my God. also suffer from distemper, listeriosis, and other diseases. They could even catch pneumonia or hypothermia if there's a cold front, like a late- winter storm in the spring yeah any diseased pups for instance like if they have epilepsy or something like that the adults will kill them oh my god there are That's also all it's all survival it's like okay i can't afford to feed you basically right. um there right. are also but at least they don't just let them they don't abandon them They must be like all right bye like and make it like an instant thing yeah
1: Um, break their neck yeah
0: there are also occasional predators like eagles lynx or bears that may try to snatch a wolf cub and by the time a pup reaches five to ten months old mortality rates drop off to land around 45 percent so they're they do a little bit better once they reach sexual maturity females reach this around two years old males is two to sometimes three years their survival rate raises to 80 percent they do carry, like I said, parasites, heartworm. A lot of them have heartworm. Um, or they can be killed by other
1: large predators or other wolves in some situations. Wow. I didn't know any of that. That's, That's I not. mean, not that I'm surprised. You know, like, every species has its survival of the fittest rules. But, yeah. like, it just makes you think, like, twice about how we deal with stuff like that. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't just kill people that... I'm not saying we should. But people but like, used
0: to. Like, I think the Vikings used to, like, if your child was born with, like, a physical
1: disability, they would mm-hmm. abandon them in the woods. Right. Or, like, Hitler in, in yeah. the war. Not to, I mean, that's the only analogy I can think of. is like, yeah. He was all about wiping out people with disabilities, which is horrible. Yep. yep. But, like, horrible. you can see how maybe we it was, like, not. a primal, you know?
0: Yeah. There's no... All of that is very toxic, very, very toxic for, like, the disabled community. Yeah. Or even you, even people being like, you're not going to have kids, right? Like, that's even really toxic because you're talking about Mm -hmm. wiping
1: out something that's something that people exist with. So. And yet, no one do do that, you know? Yeah. Like, humans are the only ones that, I think for a reason, we're not meant to do that. But, like, but it's still, like, there's a part of us that's primal enough that, like, people like Hitler existed, you know, like, and did that kind of thing. Right. Right. Cause like it happens in the wild, you know, not that I'm saying it shouldn't with humans, but like, that's, it's just crazy to think about the parallels there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hi baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we were a little long winded, so we didn't cover how they hunt in this episode. So join us next Monday to learn how they hunt and how
1: they function as a family. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google, and Anchor.
0: Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Compass Threads to see what we're up to or my sewing projects or email us at compassthreadsllc at gmail.com with any questions or suggestions
1: on stuff you want us to talk about. Also, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. You can do so on Spotify now. It really helps with the algorithm and helps us thrive.